Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of The Well-Endowed Podcast. The Well-Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well-Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. Scam Time is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Hello. Hello. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Or midday <laughs> siesta. Or middle of the night. Middle of the night. Early afternoon. <laughs> Good morning, universe of time and energy. And it's all one thing. Anyway. Hi, Scam Time listeners. This is Stephanie Wolf and... This is Karen Johnson Diamond, co-hosts of this Scam Time, the true crime podcast that we... Uh, you say it. Uh, <laughs> True crime podcast that sometimes, well, that we hope has, you know, uh, uh, some comedy spices thrown in. I'm, I'm, this is no excuse because everyone works hard. I know. I'm just, I'm just very, um, tired, but not a, not a, not a sick tired, just a, I'm not here. I think I figured it out. There was this time during the pandemic where there was nothing on the schedule, which was a little bit, you know, annoying, but, I I changed lanes like I I started driving in on, on a different road and I kind of liked it I you know and so but I was hoping for things to come back to a certain degree but when they came back they didn't come back like oh you have a thing to do today it was like boom <laughs> you're back on the freeway and my my little muscle of doing things just isn't up to snuff yet <laughs> I am so with you I am so absolutely with you <laughs> just can't like I just feel like I'm always on the on-ramp trying to get back on and I was hoping that I'd be able to take some with some of that new piece with me but no it's no <laughs> I'm the same way and I'm I'm in the far left lane yeah and I can see my exit oh, over to the right yeah but there's four lanes of jam traffic yeah and I'm just like that bad driver who's slowed down and turned on the signal and just hope that I can slowly <laughs> drift over hope there hope that someone will be nice and say <laughs> please enter and no most of the time they're like fuck you I'm going for it. I gotta get to like oh. I'm anyway. on the highway yeah. to hell <laughs> and I'm trying not to be whiny or complainy but it's just how it is so I have trouble thinking of what the next word is not in an improv way in a literal <laughs> what's a word to say next like wait yep. anyway i'm glad i'm glad that we're all on the same boat i have a i have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of people who are listening to this are also in that boat yeah unless they were one of the wonderful amazing essential workers who never ever slowed down and in fact probably worked oh, harder then they deserve to get yeah. off the highway get vaccinated wear your mask so these people can have oh a freaking break oh my god they need a vacation oh. Speaking of vacation, if you're in the Alberta area, then uh, you have to look at Grindstone Theatre coming up in mid-November oh. <laughs> for a show called Jason, Jason Kenny's, Kenny's Hot, Hot Boy, Boy Summer. Summer. 
Yeah, that's why I'm so tired, actually, because we're throwing together this satirical look at Alberta politics. And um, I think it's it can be mirrored in Ontario and a lot of places, but specifically Alberta. Uh, and, uh, and that's why I feel like I, that's why I'm so kind of on my exhausted bones because it's just you gotta get gotta get the show up and um it's a delight and hilarious but I get home and I'm like I can't I I I would go to bed in my parka and boots if I didn't have to take them off <laughs> but I mean that's again it's not a complaint it's just where we're at and then um yeah. you start rehearsal for Christmas Carol in a, what four days on Tuesday on Tuesday oh see that's a joy it is it is it's going to be very different too because I haven't been at a full time rehearsal for a long time I'm teaching this week I've been teaching every afternoon this week and yesterday I have. It's a, it's a long story. Either way, I taught, I said, I'm going to try to explain this game, this improvising game. And then I explained it and I went, no, that makes no sense. <laughs> but some kid who'd played it with me before last year when I taught there was like, I can do it, KJD. I'm like, great. It's like, no, that's not how you play, teacher. <laughs> teacher, just sit down. Let me help. <laughs> but you know what that is? That's success because you taught them and they remembered it. And that's the whole point, right? So it's true. It's you true. win. You can always spin it to a win. It is a hard exercise. So I. All games are hard. <laughs> Hey, we opened our Dynasty, our live improvised soap opera on Monday night. And this you year, did. we take place in 1900 in in um, Stroganoff era, <laughs> which is actually a real thing. I thought we were making a huge joke, but it turns out the Stroganoff oh, family was huge. huge in too. Yeah, I know. We were like, oh, no, it's real. Shit. Okay, well, we're going to pretend it was just the food, not an actual family. <laughs> but it was. Anyway, so we'll get back to the scam time. Okay. Right. I've kind of been on a theme with my scams lately. I don't... Not... Well, you know what I was going to say? They're about money. And then I realized mm. all the scams are about money. Mostly at the end of the day, right? Unless there's some kind of real need for someone to be someone else. But usually it's because they need money. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I've been wanting to do this one for a while. Fun time. I would like to tell you the story, the scam that features Charles and Diana. <gasps> but not the Charles and Diana you think. Ah, got me. <laughs> I just pictured Charles and Diana sitting in in the eighties in the in the palace, just like making phone calls and trying to sell insurance. Like that would be awesome. I love that they're trying to sell insurance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would like to tell you about Charles Ingram, his wife Diana Ingram, and uh Two other people involved in this story are Techwin Whitock. That's a handle. And Chris. Tarrant. Do you recognize the name Chris Tarrant? No. He's the host of the British version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, 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 this is already getting good. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. He's not the scammer. Yeah, but he's all. in it. He's not the scammer. Okay, cool. So we all know the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. If you don't know the show, if you've never seen it, Google it. But it's a reality show. It's a contestant game show. Uh, Contestants get asked 15 questions, and each question is worth a small amount of money and then a bigger amount of money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, up to the final question, if you can get it, is a million pounds over there in Britain, dollars here in uh, Canada or the States. The first questions are super easy. Like, give me an example. <laughs> Just ask me and see if I can do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, this famous singer is known for Neil Diamond. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Do I have to press a button first? No. <laughs> yeah. 
No. <laughs> if you were if you were in the hot seat. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So in Britain, I don't know if this was, happens in America, but in Britain, there's the main contestant and then there's eight different people that are in the fastest finger first section. So there's an audience. Yeah. And then there's the eight that are hoping to get in the hot seat. So they oh, give a general question. I don't like, remember that part, but cool. Okay. This singer is known for Sweet Caroline. A, Neil Simon. B, Neil Sedaka, oh, right. Neil Young, D, Neil Diamond. And then whoever right. in the fastest finger presses their button first, they're in the hot seat. Okay. And then they get to play for they a They play. Okay. That's how okay. they choose who's sitting there. All right. Okay. Exactly. And the first question was like, what do you dry your clothes on? A clothes dog, a clothes pig, a clothes giraffe, or a clothes horse? Beep. Right? Like, right. Yeah. They do get harder. And there are spots where you can stop and give up. Like once you've yeah. hit 32,000 pounds, you can go, that's it. I want to walk away now. Can't you? You can call a friend, right? You can call a friend. There's a couple of those yes. Things. There's three lifelines. So if lifelines, you get a question right. and you can't figure it out, one of the lifelines is call a friend, get their opinion. The other one is pull the audience. So the oh, audience okay. votes on what they think is the right answer. And if you're lucky, it's like ninety five percent of them say it's this one, right? And the other one is a fifty fifty, which means they just remove two of the wrong answers oh. and leave you a right and a wrong. What would you do? What what was what would your thing be? My first one would be the first one I would ever use is poll the audience because I figure ah. if you're in the audience, you are a trivia buff and you have loads of knowledge. That's good smarts. Who would your person be if you had to like if that they that you'd have on their standby call list? Cam Ascroft, who was the musician for our improvised soap opera, who is got a a, a head full of knowledge that I can't even right. explain to you. So I would call Cam Ascroft. Who would you call? I think I would call um, Adam Megiddo because he knows everything. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. <laughs> and you're going to work with him really soon because he seems to he's just sit there and listen to him and go, you know all yep. the things, yep. don't you? <laughs> totally. Don't call me. Don't call me. I'm not I would... calling you. <laughs> that, would, that didn't even occur to me. To you. What would be your first go-to though? The audience or phone a friend or 50-50? That's a good one. I feel like phone a friend because I feel like there's a trust thing there already, but only if it's someone who I know knows everything. Right. But they can Google, can't they? Like, but in the old days when this show first started, you could there you Google wasn't or was it? Nah, I don't know. Well, you can't have phones or pagers in the studio. Does your friend have to be in the studio? No, your friend can be anywhere. I don't know. That's yeah. what I don't know. It's all, it, I think yeah, it, it could be that your friend is like pulling out the J volume of the encyclopedia. I don't know. <laughs> Still, there's a way that they could have cheated, but maybe they don't. I don't know how that they works. They only have a certain amount of time too. So yeah. 30 fair. seconds. That's yeah. it. 30 yeah. seconds starts now is awesome. what he always says. Okay. This is amazing. Awesome. So Charles, his wife and her brother, so his brother-in-law had all been huge Trivia fans. They've been on game shows before. They are on game shows later, but they've all wanted to do the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The brother got on and he made it to 32,000. And then he got the next question wrong. But once you've made it to 32,000 pounds, you get to keep that. <sighs> oh, uh, the sister, his wife, Charles's wife, Diana, got on. Same thing. She, she blew it at 32,000, but got to keep the 32,000. Okay. And so there was like this friendly competition, whatever. And I, like, to me, I'm like, it would seem weird to let family members all be on the show. Like, for some reason, that feels cheaty to me, but I don't know. Yeah. And his wife's in the audience and super excited for him. So 
the, the fastest fingers first is 30 seconds and the calling for help, like the call a friend is a 30 seconds. But once you get the question given to you, once you're in the hot seat, you can take all the time in the world to, to make up your mind, all the time in the world. So okay. you can go, hmm, I've, Neil Young, Neil Young's Canadian. Right. Okay. Neil Sedaka, he was in the 60s. I think Sweet Caroline was written in the 60s. Neil Simon's a playwright, so I doubt he wrote. But you're encouraged to talk your way through your, even if it's a super easy answer, you're encouraged to fill the time. Well, for one, you can see that would lead you to, like, that's really a good thing to do. That's how I process everything is saying it out loud anyway. But also, it's good entertainment, because if they just sit there and do nothing... (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what Chris Terrence said. The host was like, mm. that's terrible TV if all we do is sit there and watch them think. It's really bad for podcasts, too, if if you don't say the stuff out loud. <laughs> you and I just sat here and thought about it for an hour. <laughs> that's next episode. We're going to do that. And then just see if everyone can guess or skip what they are thinking about. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, And sometimes Chris, the host, will fill in, like, you've made it to 4,000 pounds, and if you get this one right, you'll have 8,000 pounds, and I know your wife is in the audience, and blah, blah, blah. Filler, 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 filler. That's awesome. I want you to host this. That was awesome. (laughs) So the, the thing is, those first questions are super easy. Hardly anyone has to use their lifelines before 8,000. Okay. And I think that's like it goes 1,000 pounds, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, and then it goes 16, 32, and then it doubles all the way to a million. Boom. And, and those questions are quite easy, and hardly anyone has to use their lifelines in that time. So Charles Ingram gets in the hot seat, and he gets the first, like, three questions right, but he gets to question four, which is like the 1,000-pound question, and he has to use a lifeline. Oh. And he uses... Pull the audience. And it's su- for them, it would have been a super easy one. It was like, who's Meg's daughter on Coronation Street? Okay, right. Okay. I wouldn't know that, but they would, of yeah. course, right? And, and he's going, I don't know. I've never watched Coronation Street. And the host's going, what are you talking it's about? It's been on <laughs> for 45 years. Like, how could you not watch that? Anyway, they pull the audience. 92% of them say one answer, and he picks it, and he wins. He carries on, and he gets to maybe the 8,000-pound question, and he has to use another lifeline. He phones a friend. And you can't reuse them, right? Once you've used one no. of them, it's done, right? Okay. Yeah. You have three to use and that's it. And he has to phone a friend on that one. So he's at the 8,000 out of 1 million pound mark, and he's already used two of his lifelines. And as you're hearing about this story, all the showrunners, all the cameramen, all the directors, the producers are going, that that's the sign of somebody who's not going to last long. Like they're not going to make it. Right. Right. Um, but the $8,000 question, it's like, that's all the time we have for tonight. We'll pick up again with you tomorrow. Okay. So they can have like contestant A and contestant A blows it at 4,000 pounds. And in the same episode, they bring in a new contestant at whatever. So, uh, Charles had come in halfway through an episode and then they'd run out of time. So now we know the next day we have to pick up with Charles. Right. But he's got 8,000 pounds. He's down two lifelines and everybody's like, okay, well, this guy won't last long. When he comes back for the next episode, right? he is amazing. Ah. He ends up having to use one more lifeline, which is the take away the two wrong answers and leave me one wrong and run right. Okay. He eventually makes it to a million. He's only the second person in the UK to make it to a million as a winner. Wow. And everybody who works on the show is going, no, something's fishy. 
he's cheating somehow. We don't know how he's cheating, but this is, uh, this is, he's not playing it the way everybody else would play it. Usually they'd go, okay, I'm pretty sure it's Berlin. Right. I've never, I've never been to Paris, so I don't know anything about Paris. Right. Might be Switzerland. And then they go, no, I'm going to go with Berlin. Final answer. Right. This guy would go, okay, it might, I think it's Berlin. I've never been to Paris. I, I don't think it's Paris at all. I don't know anything about Paris. Is it Switzerland? I don't know. Okay, Paris, final answer. Like he would jump from what he seemed so sure about to the thing he admitted knowing nothing about. Ah, so yes. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like, it, yeah, it's like when you, it's like what a tangle, what we weave. If you forget your lie, then you have, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. So he's talking his way through every answer, but he's doing it the same way every time. Is it Switzerland? It could be Switzerland. Is it Berlin? It could be Berlin. I think it might be Paris. Is it Paris? He's asking these questions all the way through. What the floor directors and the producers, etc., and a couple of the other Fast Finger contestants are noticing is that there's coughing coming from the audience. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my and God. there's there's always coughing coming from the audience. Sure. Like there's, in, in, you and I, we do shows. We hear the coughing, right? Yeah, right. But this is like... <coughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Morse code coughing. That's amazing. It's like this. It goes... <coughs> it's always two coughs. Oh, interesting. And they figure out it's always after he says the right answer. So he goes, oh, it could be oh. Berlin. Oh, it's Berlin. Might be Paris. I don't know anything about Paris. <coughs> could be Switzerland. Is it Paris? <coughs> I'm going with Paris. Oh, my God. Right? It's so simple, but fuck. Oh, I know. I know. So he doesn't have any coughing on the first episode up till 8,000. He starts to get coughing on 16 and 32, I think, or something. Right. They don't know where it's coming from. The camera has been on his wife. Like they've got, I think, eight cameras and and 15 mics throughout the studio to pick up everything. Okay. And there is a camera that's always trained on the spouse in the audience mm. to react to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's been watching and she's been really excited each time he gets one's right or whatever. And on this 32, it's a long time. It's a 32,000. It's a long time. It's a long time. He's not coming up with an answer. And she's like, her eyes keep glancing over to somebody else in the audience. Where's the coffer? Where's the coffer? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then finally, she coughs. She goes, <coughs> and I can't show it on the podcast, but she overacts her cough. Like she goes, <coughs> and then she holds her throat like, oh, strange. Oh, I have a thing in my I've throat. I've never coughed before. <laughs> like bad acting, to really bad totally acting. Totally bad acting. But she's coughed after the right answer and he gets the right answer. That's the only time she coughs. But every other okay. time the camera's on her, she's glancing over to the left. So what now people... she's in on it. Like now yeah. we know she, I wonder, I thought, I thought, I thought it might've been, I thought part of this might've been she didn't know that was going on, but of course, yeah, how could she not? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so This is awesome. What the producers and people start to figure out. It's all happening behind the scenes, though. Sure. Chris Tarrant, the host, is not noticing any of this. He's got a million coughs. things to do, too, right? He's got he's to be, he's doing his job. So yeah, he, exactly. You know. That's exactly what he says, too, yeah, in this documentary I'll tell you about. But he says, I was, you know, I've got a performance to yeah, put on. That's right. 
What they figure out is that it's another Fast Finger First contestant who's sitting directly behind Charles. Okay, wow. So Charles is in the hot seat, and then there's another contestant right behind him. So the theory is, between the shooting of episodes, which I believe happened on the same day, but maybe there was a night in between, I don't know. But at some point, they make a plan, Charles and Diana, with this other contestant whose name is Tequin Widock. Right. They make a plan that they are going to help each other. They're going to cheat him. Okay. Okay? So Tequin knows a lot of answers, obviously, if he's good enough to be in the seat where Charles has been. He's the one doing the coughing. Okay. And the people behind the scenes are like, this is crazy. And they're like phoning producers and going, should we shut the show down? Like, we can feel it. and But there's no proof. So they're not shutting the show down. And it's all taped, right? It's not live. It's recorded for showing later. Um, There's a great video on YouTube that you can watch that um, has all of his coughs amplified. (laughs) So all of his standout coughs, you can watch the whole show, but you can hear Tequin Widak going. (coughs) And it's super clear. Like, you know, exactly. Amazing. So super clear. It's so super clear. And in fact, there's one time where... He's going back and forth on an answer. He's going, hmm, is it Berlin? Is it Paris? Is it Berlin? It's it Paris? Mm-hmm. And then he goes, no, I think it's Berlin. I'm pretty sure it's Berlin. I'm, I think I'm going to go with Berlin. And you hear this from the audience. <coughs> no. <gasps> Seriously. You hear the word no. <coughs> no. Like that. And suddenly he's like, oh, okay, it's it's Paris. <laughs> Shit. believable. And I mean, I guess it's if you're not looking for it and you're focusing on him and all the lights and the crazy cool sound because it's got such a great soundtrack, it's probably one of those things where once you hear it, you can't unhear it. But if you're not thinking oh, about totally. it. Oh, totally. You know, like ha- yeah. hardly anyone noticed the other, some of the other contestants did one or two of the other contestants and the floor directors and stuff that are watching everything, right? Right. Um, yeah. I'll read you real quick here. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I'm just going to read you from the $250,000 question, an example of how it went. Awesome. £250,000 question. What kind of garment is an Anthony Eden? An overcoat? A hat? A shoe? A tie? I think it's a hat. Cough. Again, I'm not sure. I think it is. Cough. I am sure. Is it a hat? I, am I sure? Cough. Yes, hat. It's a hat. And he gets the right answer. 500,000 pound question. Baron Hausmann is best known for his planning of which city? Rome, Paris, Berlin, Athens. I think it's Berlin. I think Hausmann is a more German name. I'm really not sure. I'm never sure. If I was at home, I would be saying Berlin. If I was watching this on TV... A cough is then heard, which the prosecution claims sounds like somebody saying the word no. Ingram says, I don't think it's Paris. Cough. I do not think it's Athens, and I'm sure it's not Rome. I would have thought Berlin. Think, think, think. I know I've read this. I think it's Berlin. It could be Paris. Cough. I think it's Paris. Yes, I'm going to (laughs) play. There it is. Wow. The host goes, hang on. Where are we? Ingram goes, I'm just talking to myself. It's either Berlin or Paris. I think it's Paris. Cough. I'm going to say Paris. You were convinced it was Berlin. I know. I think it's Paris. He thought it was Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. You changed your answer to Paris. That brought you 500,000 pounds. What an amazing man. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Wow. 
And then the final question, a number followed by 100 zeros is known as what name? A Google, a Megatron, a Gigabit, or a Nanomole? Which one do you think it is, Steph? Gigabit? I'm going to say... Nanomole? Megatron? I'm going to say Nanomole. I'm totally wrong, I'm sure. But I'll say, just cough for me to give me confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to me not coughing. All right. (laughs) Okay, let's try it. Let's try it and see if we... Okay. Okay, 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 I'll try it. It's Google, Megatron, Gigabit, or Nanomole. I think it's a Nanomole, but I'm not sure. It could could be a Google thing. (laughs) But oh, I think, but an, an animal, that sounds really, but you know what? I'm going to go Google thing. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and he can walk away at this point. He can walk away with 500 pounds. He can say, I don't want to play this question. They even let you see the question before you decide if you're playing it. He says, I have no idea. I think it's an animal, but it could be a gigabit, but I'm not sure. I don't think I can do this one. I don't think it's a Megatron. I don't think I've ever heard of a Google cough. Google, Google, Google. By a process of elimination, I have to think it's a Google, but I don't know what a Google is. Cough. I don't think it's a gigabit nanomole. I don't think it's a Megatron. I really do think it's a Google. The host says, but you think it's a nanomole and you've never heard of a Google. Ingram, it has to be a Google. You're going to lose 468,000 pounds if you're wrong. You're going to go for the answer you've never heard of? I don't mind taking an odd risk every now and then, says Ingram. I'm sure it's a Google. Cough. Surely, surely. I'm going to play it. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Oh, God. Oh, is it God. a Google? Is it a Google? I think it's a Google. Cough. Yes, yes, it's a Google. I'm going to play Google. Final answer. Oh, my God. I'm on the edge of my seat, though. It's, it's just like, fuck. It's obvious. It's so <gasps> obvious. Anyway, he wins a million Holy pounds. Shit. He wins it. The host is amazed. Like, you are the most amazing man, he says. You're the most amazing contestant we've ever had because you came from getting so many wrong at the beginning to getting all the way to a million, being only the second person to get a million. His wife's in the audience going, oh, right. like she's acting like, I can't believe right. it, whatever. Then she runs on stage. He's elated. He is just elated. He's crying. He's so excited. And they're holding each other and they're going, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh." And at this moment, like the producers are going, they're on the phone going, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So what they did is they made it sound like anyone who wins a million has to go through a search when they leave. Okay. So they pat him down. Nothing. It's not like there was any phones or or buzzers or pagers or anything that could have helped him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. These two winners of a million dollars go off to their dressing room and you would think they'd be just like, oh, la, la, yeah, la, yeah. La. They immediately get into a fight. The window to the dressing room is open. Oh, Some shit. of the producers are outside and hear them just screaming. And mostly the feel of it, they think, was you went further than we agreed you would go. Okay. But it's this big fight. And then when uh, when Chris Tarrant comes to have champagne with them in their dressing room. Yeah. He said, like, the mood was just, like, really freaking weird. Wow, that is, that's really bizarre. Wow. Yeah. So then they they go home. The producers then all get together and they sit and watch hours and hours and hours of this. And the producers aren't convinced. They're like, no, listen to that cough. Listen. No, no, no. But the floor director's going, listen now. Listen, right. Listen, listen. It's all coming. Watch her eyes. She's constantly looking at Widock. She's constantly looking at him. He's coughing again now. He's coughing again now. And by the end of it, the producer said, I couldn't not like I, there was no way for me to think it didn't happen. It was so obvious. So he calls Ingram and there's a recording of the phone call where he says, um, just letting you know, we're not going to be cutting you the check because we believe that there were some irregularities in your win. 
as so much so that the police have been contacted. Shit, he must have just felt the coldest sweat hit him right and then. And you'd think if you weren't guilty, you'd be like, what? What irregularities? What the, the, the? And he goes, oh, my Lord. Well, obviously, I deny any of that, but I understand. Okay, wow, that's pretty right. calm peanuts. Seriously. Calm peanuts, is that a saying? <laughs> so they go to court and and what they what they've done i think i told you is that video where they've isolated the coughs is what they play for the court and the defense is oh my lord of course it's going to sound like this because it's been manipulated so oh, all we okay. hear is widocks coughing right the defense is widock says i have major hay fever i have terrible allergies i cough all the time but interestingly he was the next contestant to get in the hot seat and his, he uh-huh. never coughed once. No coughs whatsoever. Ha, 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 he was complaining ha, ha. about how dusty it was in the studio, and that's why he was coughing. Yeah. But it suddenly went away when he was in the hot seat. He didn't make it very far. He made it to like 16,000 pounds or something. Which is interesting because he sound, if he's sitting in the audience getting all the right answers, I was, you'd think like he sounds like a genius. Well, he, what they said in this documentary is it's one thing to be the armchair expert and it's another thing to be in that hot seat, right? But there's also, of because of all the microphone, there's also a couple of times where they pick up Widock saying to one of the other Fast Finger contestants, uh, one, yeah. I think it's, is it a hat? Do you think it's a hat? I think it's a hat. And the guy goes, yeah, it's a hat. Right. And he goes, yeah, that's what I thought. <coughs> okay, so, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. Wow, wow. What cool cucumbers to be able to oh, do I that, know. though. I could, I, and I'm amazed they can even have, like, they're sitting so close behind the actual contestant that having yeah. any ability to whisper back and forth about what the answer Would be might be. verboten. It probably is you'd now. you think so. Yeah. you think so. Yeah. Anyway, they go to court. Uh, they're found guilty. Of, um, oh, it's a long, it's it's basically procuring something valuable through deception. Right, right. Something oh, like that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. But it wasn't that, but it's like some It should long, be, if it isn't. Long title. Shorten it, people. Uh, they're found guilty, as is Charles Widock, as an accomplice. They're each sentenced to 18 months in prison, but it's suspended for two years. Okay. So I figured out what that means. It means you get 18 years, uh, 18 month sentence, but- the judge can decide to say, we're going to have you serve it on probation doing community service work for two years outside of jail. Right. So they never actually went to jail. Right. Widdick got 12 months and his was suspended as well for two years. And then they went to appeals and off the first appeal. Oh, and they were also asked to pay the defense costs and the prosecution costs and fines. Mm. So together, the Ingrams would have had to have paid 115,000 pounds in fines. After the first appeal, they said, okay, we're going to uphold Charles's uh, uh, fines, but we'll, we'll take away his wife's fines because she's less guilty. Okay. So, and then he appealed again and got it down to, I think all he had to end up paying was $5,000 in defense costs because in the end, he didn't actually get any money, right? He didn't get the check. He didn't win any money. He didn't spend any money. Right. And, he just, yeah he, and, yeah, he got caught. Yeah. Yeah. And they never aired the show. Now you can watch it, but the show was never aired. Yeah. Um, he, no one was actually put out of any money. 
He didn't win. So, I mean, he still has to pay no, the piper. Exactly. But, yeah. Other yeah. than the time it takes to record a show. Yeah, he has to pay but the for, piper. But for yeah, sure. I hear you. But if you want to watch this documentary, it's it's on uh, British television, ITV Britain. How did you find this? That's awesome. Oh, I it came up on Facebook one day. The major oh. fraud documentary on ITV is what I watched. I love this documentary. I Also, Wikipedia and BBC News Online. What did you say the other one was? The major fraud? The I'm, major fraud documentary. Documentary. I want to watch this. this it's great. Cool. It's like an hour long and it's just fan. It's like a, it's like, you know, when we have Dateline or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> but it's like when you watch it, it's so obvious. But when you're watching that documentary, they're using the one with the coughs that are isolated, right? right. So of course it sounds like it. But yeah. I think if we watch the whole thing, <coughs> there me. would be coughs all over. Oh, one of the other defenses for them yeah. was that the word cough makes people cough the way one person yawning makes another person yawn. Or no, it was a journalist that was like, maybe he's innocent because the journalist wrote every time the word cough was brought up in court. Someone would cough. Yeah, a lot of the, like the bailiff would cough or people in the jury would cough. Like, it, yeah. But I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. Anyway, all their defenses failed. The defense, they have to, they have to come up with something. And, you know, the, I that all sounds, it's just the coincidence of, it being right behind him, the exact same every cough. Every right answer after that he every, said out loud. That's the thing right there. If the cough was more random and after other answers, then you go, okay. But I mean, it just seems too convenient. And his wife's eyeballs constantly going to, she, you can tell she's not looking at yeah. the stage. Shooting out of her actual head and rolling to the right in front of him. <laughs> Over in front of Widock and tapping on his knee. And then boing, 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 back, back, back into her eyes. But you can tell she's not looking at the stage and you can tell she's not looking at the monitors or they can tell the floor. No, it's like, sorry, guys, you were busted. You had a really good idea and it was really simple, but you're not good enough to, to come away with yeah. it. There was too many tells. And the reason it's called a major fraud documentary is because he was an army major at the uh, time. Oh, and <laughs> they stripped cool. him Double of that. Play. They said, you oh, have to leave the yeah. army. I don't know if he was unceremoniously discharged or whatever it's called, right. but he, he had to retire from the army. He had to give up his... Um, major status. And then two years later in 2003, this all happened 2001, I think, early 2000. But a couple of years later, he was he was charged again on another case of insurance fraud. Oh, boy, dude. Because he had an apparent break-in where a bunch of stuff was stolen and he got a payout from a, from a company. Okay. And then a couple months later, he went to a different company, signed with them, and said, "I had a break in, and all this stuff was stolen, and got money from them too, or something." So, so he's yeah, not, he's a, he's on the make. No, he's a novelist now. He's written some novels. Just it's just all in cough code. Just it just says cough, 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 cough. When you read it, you suddenly are overcome with just like emphysema. You can't get through the book. It's wild, though, how those things seem like, you know, what that reminds me of is that magician thing where I'm going to uh, someone's out in the audience going um, get someone to stand up and they read their mind or whatever. But there's code with the person standing with them that that whatever, like, I, you know what I mean? It's like it's 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 like, oh, it's so simple, but it's brilliant. But well, got yeah, busted. And it's like I can't believe nobody tried this before this time. You know, probably someone maybe even had they just didn't catch they it, hadn't right? it maybe yeah oh man yeah. oh that's fascinating good one karen it's a conspiracy all right 
It's a Conspiracy is the podcast where we lay out the beliefs behind selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more. We do our best to present these without coloring them with our opinion until the end, where we let our feelings fly. We also do beer reviews, chat about geek culture, and whatever else strikes our fancy. Good times. And we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Let's hear your scam. Okay, well, I found, I was, when I was going down the rabbit hole to find a scam, um, I, I stumbled upon these letters on um, Ranker, the website Ranker. And um, and each one of them was so interesting because they're scams that actually happened to people. And they're they're not like sort of megalomaniac, giant, huge sort of um, traps that, that I use, you know, that you often find, which are fascinating to me. These ones are just like this could happen to me right now today, you know, kind of scams that, right. are, that are just, uh, and just the way they tell them, you can, you feel like you kind of get to know these people. So I'm just going to read a couple of these letters. And uh, first tell me what kind of site is Rancor? Oh, Rancor, R-A-N-K-E-R. It's a, it's a list um, website. So there'll be like lists of all the murders that happened with a shard of glass or lists of all the oh. bank robberies that happened by women between the ages of 30 and 35. Wow. Or something. Like, it's this really cool. It's a really cool website that has um, lists and then articles of all the all the things. Um, and okay. people vote on whether or not they're good or bad or whatnot. It's a really fun, fun rabbit hole to kind of go down. So this is um, the the title of this. Ugh, I got something in my eye. Ah, is eyeballs, 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 eyeballs. eyeballs. <laughs> That's what's in my head. People share the most messed up scams that they actually fell for. That's what this list is. So <laughs> okay. I the- cannot wait for this. <laughs> this is number one. Um, uh, the title is, They Were Swindled by a Tow Truck Driver. Okay, so here's the guy. <laughs> I broke down in Washington, D.C., called my insurance people, and they said they'd send a tow truck, but it might be quite a while. So we sat there for like, well, you know, well over two hours. Anyway, I got a call on my phone, and this guy's like, do you need a tow truck? I'm like, yeah. He said, be there in a minute. I'm like, okay. A few minutes later, the tow truck shows up. Hmm, didn't question it. Why would I? He picks us up, takes us, I'm talking maybe 1.5 miles to a garage, basically the closest one he can find. Then he turns around and asks me to walk over to his truck, tells me it's going to be 175 bucks. I'm like, wait, what? He said, it's 175 bucks, man. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's covered by my, by my insurance. He's like, I ain't with your insurance, man. It's like 175. I'm like, well, I'm not paying that. He's like, giving me the eye. I look around and notice that he'd kind of walk me over to a place where no one was around. <gasps> he then pulled a knife out and said, do I look like I'm fucking playing with you, man? I just gave him the oh money and left. I went over to the garage and explained what happened. He said I could call the police if I wanted, but that they wouldn't do anything about it. Then he explained that the tow truck drivers sit around and listen on a CB radio for calls, show up kind of pretending to be the guy you called but really aren't, and then demand some ridiculously petty fee. Pretty common, apparently. I was going to say, how did he get his phone number? Yeah, but that's because he's listening. listening to... So, I mean, yeah, that's like, boo, and you're making all the tow, tow drivers look bad, dude. Don't do that. Don't If you're a tow truck driver, don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> boo, you're making all the tow truck drivers look bad. All those guys who work so hard, asshole. Yeah, because you, you know what? Tow truck drivers are essential workers. They didn't get all the time off. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and like those guys often don't don't just tow your car, right? They'll start your battery. They'll help you open your door. Change your tire. 
hold your hand while you're crying because it's the third time that you've had a flat tire in that same um, parking lot and you're starting to wonder if anyone's out to get you. True story. Anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was working at the Mayfield in the winter and it was like the third time. It's a long contract. It was like the third time I'd had a flat tire and I was starting to think someone's out to get me. And the third time, it was like 1130 at night. It's winter. I'm freezing. The third time a, different, a tow truck driver came, I was like, I don't want to be that person, but I really, he's like, it's okay. It's okay, ma'am. You were going to get it's going to be no one's out to get you this just it's a weird coincidence like he totally by the time I got home I was like okay everything's fine oh yeah for that tow truck driver whoever he was yeah exactly so okay so here's another one they almost got scammed taking the bar exam okay that rhymes they almost got scammed taking the bar exam they almost got scammed yeah totally (laughs) that's what that's the that's the intro music to this (laughs) to this show this bar exam show okay I almost fell for this, but I want to post it because it was recent, and the more people who know about it, the better. Now, I'm not sure it doesn't say what di- what the date is, but um, in this world's, in this person's universe, it was last week. So, okay. last week, I was at a hotel to take the bar exam. After the last day, at 2 a.m., I get a call on my room's phone. The lady says it's the front desk, and they lost my card information for the incidentals and want to get it back in the system before they wrap up for the night. The call woke me up, so I was kind of out of it. But after a couple of seconds, a little alarm went off in my head and I thought, this is either a scam or this is for real and I need to complain about them waking me up so late at night. <laughs> so good for them not just being helpful Hannah. Like I, I would, would be, be like, too. oh, so sorry. Like here, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I said I'd just come down to the front desk with my card. The lady asked us if I was sure I wanted to do that. And I said, yes. And I hung up. I go down to the desk and sure enough, they didn't, they didn't call me. I talked to the security people and they said they had no way to track the call. So, I mean, again, interesting, smart scammers. It's like, wake you up so that you're kind of out of your head. That's and then it brilliant. Makes, it makes perfect sense, too, because you think, yeah, we just want to wrap up and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, especially when it's you're tired and someone's going off shift and it's a hotel. But I guess the moral of that story is just never believe someone on the phone who says they've lost your information. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Ever. And let if they get mad... Too bad it was their fault. They lost it. They're going to pull so, a knife on you. Do I look like I'm fucking kidding? Do I look like I'm fucking kidding? Give us all. Like, oh, that would be so scary. Give me your, we got we to gotta, we gotta wrap up for the night. I'm, you know, my, I'm a hotel person. No, f- fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So are we ready for number three? Yep. Here we go. Okay. This one's called, this person's job was too good to be true. I want that job. I know. I don't so, even know what it is yet. Wait, let me guess. It's a chocolate donut tester on an, some sort of island resort. Yes, and it was too good to be true. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, so the, this person's universe, it was a couple of weeks ago. Again, I, this could have been years ago. I don't know. Anyway, all right. This happened a couple of weeks ago, actually. That's how it starts. <laughs> this happened a couple of weeks ago, actually, period. Actually. So... I was really desperate looking for a job, and I happened to apply for a mailroom position at some company that I found on Craigslist. Craigslist. About a week later, the company hiring manager contacted me and informed me that the position had been filled. The good news, however, was that he was looking for a personal assistant, and that he was going to offer me that job instead of the one that I applied for. It was easy stuff. I'm just going to run a little errands and whatnot, and the pay was pretty decent for that, so I was agreeing. So I was agreeing. Okay, well, that's what they were. So I was agreeing. Okay, agreeing. (laughs) I was agreeing. Fast forward a week. Yeah, actually, I was agreeing. Uh, Fast forward a week, and he gives me my first task. My boss sends me a check for exactly $1,950 and asks me to cash it and send the money to an offshore account for him. Hmm. (laughs) 
some red flags immediately went up, but I was so broke. And that money spoke to me. I love how they phrase that. Hi. 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 You need to um, please deposit me and then send the cash to the offshore. You can have a little, you can have some of me. Any offshore anywhere. I love love you. I love you. You're important to me. I love you so much. Can I be your money, please? (laughs) I put the check into my bank account. (laughs) Sorry, that just struck me funny. What? Why would you do that? I guess he's cashing. Well, I guess if they're going to cash it. Where else are they going to Right. Get- I guess they're not going to just give them paper, 100. Yeah, okay. But luckily, the bank told me that would be a few days before the funds would become available. At this point, I actually started to thinking about it. What the fuck was I getting myself into? And did some research. Good for you. It only took you a couple of weeks. Actually. But, yeah. Turns out the check was fake. And that my quote-unquote boss would have me send him money and keep a small portion, but then the check would bounce in a week, and I'm stuck having to pay back all the money. <sighs> Because of the time it takes to clear checks, right? That thing. I basically told the scammer to fuck off and went about my life after that. Well, you know, again, who? this is in the States, I'm, I'm assuming. And I remember when I did Anna Delvey, that was the one I did with Mark a few months ago. One of her, one of the things that kept her going was that it always took three or four days for those checks to, to clear. Exactly. And now I think with more instant e-transfers and stuff that you can't, there's not as much time in between and you can't do as much but yeah like that's a that's so mean boo all right here's another craigslist one the title of this one is i fell for a craigslist trick seems like there's a lot of those out there <laughs> now this one's like kinda... <laughs> the ones where they're like come see my car and then i'll murder you in my garage <laughs> yeah i mean what about i want to read one that says i didn't fall for a craigslist trick <laughs> that would be good all right this one says I actually got the heebie-jeebies just reading the first sentence and see what happens with you. I had listed an old mattress on Craigslist. No! <laughs> just don't do that anyway. Like, ugh. Oh, I see those all the time for sale on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm just like, if it's wrapped in plastic and new, yeah. I would consider it. But otherwise, Mm-mm. no, not Mm-mm. your skin. Mm-mm. My skin. I don't want your skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My skin is bad enough. Oh, good Lord. All right. So I listed an old mattress on Craigslist and had someone offer to buy it for more than I had requested. Red flag number one. What? Yeah, I know. My dumb ass, being very short on money, agreed to hold it for him. As the buyer was currently on his honeymoon, he had his assistant mail me a check. Surprise! The assistant accidentally sent me a check for twice the agreed-upon price. Red flag number two. The buyer said, oh, don't worry about it. Just cash the check and send me back the, 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 the balance. Right. Red flag number three. I went ahead and deposited the check but held onto the proceeds until it cleared. You will be shocked to hear the check bounced. Except for that one, checks bounce, you have to pay too, don't you? Uh, you will be shocked to hear the check bounce. I was temporarily shut out of my account for a few days while the bank cleared it up, but I was lucky not to have fallen deeper into the rabbit hole. And then I found someone in need whom I could just do- donate the mattress to instead of selling it. Well, yeah, Duh. maybe could have just done that. But I think if you wrote me a check right now, yeah, and I, because of the hold, they'd probably yeah. go, okay, she wrote you a $500 check, you can have 50 bucks of it or something, but the rest has to stay held. Yeah. But if it's non-sufficient funds, right. I think you have to pay. I don't think I have to pay. Right. Yeah. Because you didn't write, because you didn't write the check. I just yeah. remember one time I wrote a check for, so this is for back in the days of school when you had to still write checks for school when my kids were little. And I was like, I had one check folded up in my purse and I was like, it like I had cookie crumbs and a bobby pin in it and <laughs> smarty on the edge of it and I'm licking off the chocolate writing this check for, for the first day of school. 
And I, I, I remember that I was like, I don't know if I have anything in that account. I just couldn't remember. Anyway, so I wrote it to get it done. Then I just sort of forgot about it. I thought I got to remember to go to the bank and check and make sure because it was an Transfer. account I wasn't using or whatever. Anyway, and I forgot and they charged me 50 bucks for writing a bad check, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And I don't do that. I'm not a bad check writer. But anyway. All right. So here's a, here's another one. Are you ready for another one? Yeah. Okay. The title of this one is They Were Sold a Busted Projector. Oh, no. Busted Projector. That's a band name. <laughs> oh, that would be a great band name. The we're busted the proje- Busted Projector and we're here to rock you. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. All right. So this one just starts like this. Bought a new projector off of Craigslist. Oh, we're back at Craigslist again. <laughs> was it all in caps like that? Is that how you know it sounds like that? No, it just said it was, there was no, I bought a new projector. It was oh. just... But a new projector off of Craigslist. Plus, it's their, it's their rock band. So <laughs> that's, that's how. <laughs> we met up at a gas station, and I had to test it before I bought it. Sorry, this is making me laugh really hard. Can, can you? Steffi has this character that she plays at her improvised soap opera once in a while called Mrs. Plant. And Mrs. Plant has a very particular way of speaking. And what you just did reminded me of her. And now I want you to read this letter in Mrs. Plant voice. Please. How about I do the first couple sentences and see how far we get? I'll start okay. again. But Annie Projector off of Craigslist. We met up at a gas station. And I had to test it before I bought it. <laughs> oh my God. So stupid. Okay. I'm never going to over how much I love that. The projector did turn on, and I... No, I can't not do it. Oh, shoot. All right. The projector did turn on, and I thought I was screwing them over since the box said... Uh, oh, shit. Okay, this is technical. This is a hard one. Let's, I'll try. I'll try. Do it. Do it. The projector did turn on, and I thought I was screwing them over since the box said 1080p, 4000 lumens, HDMI. And all that... All that... When I only wanted 300. But I talked them down to 150. To be fair. Okay. Well, I got fucked in the end since when I got home, I set up it. Ho- wow, this is hilariously written. I set up it hoping to play some games on it. And the HDMI input didn't work. It didn't even register. I tried going into the menu to see if there was a way to make the HDMI work and turn up the brightness since it didn't seem like 4,000 lumens. Well, dot, dot, dot. Lo and behold, the menu only had options for input and volume. The only input that worked was com- was component. And when I took it apart to see the internals, <laughs> I saw a 80-watt laptop lamp light bulb shining on a transparent LED screen and lenses that could barely focus the image. Well, I well. felt so scammed I called them back for another number from another number. Oh, smarty, hey? Yeah. Hoping they had another unit so I can catch them in the lie and get my cash back. But they never showed up. Aw. This sounds like a kid almost or someone who's, yeah. Is a bit of a... F- <laughs> First world problem. That yeah, is a it really is. First world problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, I don't understand one fucking thing they're talking about. But I, <laughs> I imagine if you're a gamer. 4,000 lumens, come on. Uh, 4,000 lumens can't be wrong. From an 80-watt <laughs> laptop battery bulb? <laughs> <laughs> Steph and Karen, go techie on you. That could be our other podcast, talking tech talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just making shit up about the tech world. Oh, should I read? Okay, you get to pick. They fell for the classic teen models con, or they were asked to work practiced shifts. Oh, teen model. Okay, teen model. Here we go. 
I fell for those, but my parents sure didn't. (laughs) All those ads about needing kid and teen models and actors, I always wanted to go to those auditions and very stupidly gave them my phone number and address to these agencies so they could send me spam and call about how I was so special and have a successful modeling career ahead of me. Aww. Fortunately, my parents weren't stupid and didn't waste their time, unlike a family friend. Around middle school, her and her mom started bragging about how she dis- how she was discovered while they were grocery shopping and how she's going to school for modeling. I remember her telling me about how she was taking a class to learn how to tweeze her eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Eyebrow, 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 eyebrow. <laughs> but that's the introductory course. And, the, you know, once you finally pass that, they move on to what? Nose hairs? Oh, God, help her. <laughs> Oh, no. I remember my mom cringing when they told us they were going on a special cruise for this shit so she could model and show off for big modeling companies. Of course, she had to pay for the cruise, right? Like, I've seen actual models call these programs bullshit. You don't do your own makeup as a professional model, and posing doesn't require an education. Well, you know what, though? I'm going to put a sidebar in there. One thing that I just feel like from doing the occasional promo shoot for a show, right, is how fucking hard modeling is. Like... Oh, yeah, there's got to be training. Oh, my God. Just, I mean, we've all watched Tyra Banks, right, in her modeling show, probably as Guilty right. Pleasure, and all the angles and put your chin out. And just getting your headshots done is like, it's like, it, it's just your head, but you feel like you've been put into a pretzel contortion. Yep. Those things made me go models, people. They do things you will never understand. It's way harder. So anyway, I'm just going to plug that in there. What makes this even worse is while the mom was spending all this money on her daughter's modeling career, her dad was working overseas in the Middle East trying to help the family get back up on their feet. Yeah, I think that's the the moral of that story is don't pay someone to have a modeling career. Like either you're in the agency or you're not. That's the whole thing going around in the uh, in the acting community in Calgary, which is every once in a while, Facebook pops up and goes, we need child stars to be in Nickelodeon shows. And I have a family member who fell for that ah. and took their 11-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and lined them up at the mall and was and phoned me later going, oh, and they said that she just is beautiful and she's going to da-da-da. She's going to be on uh, iCarly mm. and doodaloodaloo. And it's only going to cost me $6,500. I'm like, we, no, no, don't do it. Don't, mm-hmm. I'm telling they you They right pay now, you to be in movies. Exactly. Don't yeah. do it. I mean, so, you give a percentage to your manager and to your, yeah. your uh, all that stuff, but you don't pay them to you don't hire pay to you. In, yeah, exactly. So they, uh, I don't think they went for it, this family member and their daughter. Good. But a couple months later, I'm saying, look, if your daughter's really keen on acting and stuff like that, there's these great acting classes happening at this theater in town and it's 300 bucks for six months, of course. 300 bucks? No way. And I'm like, wait but you a minute. Were gonna- you were going to spend $6,500. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, here's one quick, one last quick one. A customer pulled a fast one on them. Working as a cashier at McDonald's, guy gives me $20 bill for one drink. I put 20 on the register. Change says $18.94. He says, wait a sec, I got a 10. Gives me the 10. I give him $18.94. It literally happened so quickly. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? By the time I realized I might have been scammed, he was out the door and I told my manager, I think he just tricked me into giving him $10. She counted the drawer and yeah, I did. She told me not to worry about it. I was 15 and it was my first job. Yeah. See, yeah, people target vulnerable people. That's a bad one. Especially if you're like, yeah, going, oh, okay. Because people, I'll do that. In the days when I used cash money, 
I, it sounds like I'm going to say, I scam people. No, I would be like, here's a quarter so you don't have to give me a bunch of change back, right? That oh, and of- it would hurt my brain when people did that yeah, to me. Yeah. So there you go. Those are a few little morsels that happen to people. I just like their, I just like hearing their voices as they write because they're just, you can hear the passionate kind of frustration. Yeah. I love it. Scam (laughs) morsels. That's what I want to call those from now on. Scam morsels. Every time we come to them, we're going to go to scam morsels. Scam nuggets. I like scam morsels. Scam nuggets is good. Scam nuggets? Nuggets You tell us. You tell us. Email us and tell us. At thebroadgap (laughs) at gmail.com. Thebroadgap at gmail.com and tell us whether we should call those scam morsels or scam nuggets. You could also, uh, you could also, um, Tweet us and tell us whether or not you want it to be scam morsels or scam nuggets. <laughs> At scam time. At scam time. Tweet us or email us and tell us if we should call it scam morsels or scam nuggets. Fraud.broads on Instagram. That's right. And listen, the reason that our email address is at thebroadgap at gmail.com is because Steffi and I do host a second podcast called Bridging the Gap Between Generations Who Assume Things About Each Other. So, you know, we needed an email that would handle both everything in our lives. So email us at the broad gap because we are the fraud broads. And any chance that you have to uh, subscribe or review really does help us keep this little fun little project yeah. going between my pal Stephanie Wolf and I. And Scamp Time is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. And you would have heard an ad for another podcast in this episode. And they're a member of the Alberta Podcast Network too. Awesome. Hey guys out there, thank you for listening because it's just always feels like a great, a great coffee clatch when we get to do this with all of you. Cough. <laughs> cough. A cough. 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 Who's a good cougher? Who's, Who's a good cover? Who's a good cover? Oh, look about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cover. Good cover. No. Yes. Oh, look. Go, 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 go.